And welcome to another episode of the Philly Brocast. I am your host, Ryan. And I'm Ryan. What's up, bro? What's going on, bro? How are you tonight? Not bad. Not bad at all. How about yourself? Doing well. It's uh, the start of the weekend. We're talking a little Philly sports here. Um, lots to talk about the birds. Uh, you know, I don't know if uh, you've heard, but, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, our, our wonderful quarterback. Yeah. You've what? heard of him, right? Yeah. I've heard so, of him. Uh, <laughs> yes. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the Carson Wentz trade. Deshaun Jackson just uh, got released as well. So we'll discuss that. And, um, you know, uh, we'll talk certainly about the, the Phillies, uh, pitchers and catchers and, and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, initial reaction. What was your thought when you saw what they got for Carson Wentz? Initially, uh, it was a little rough. I figured that we might get a second round pick um, for this year's draft, but you know, like we were talking about before, it it was his last season that kind of you know gave gave everybody a glimpse of who he is, I guess. And even though you know his career stats are nice, and we we know the potential that he had, it was more of a sentimental value thing. And uh, I I compared it to Pawn Stars, where the the guys walk in, they have some shiny odd object or right. object or trinket, and they're like. Yeah, it's definitely worth a thousand dollars, and the guy's like, "I'll give you a hundred bucks." <laughs> right, every it's time. Worth, it's worth way more than that. It's like it's worth more than that to you, but not to everyone else. Right, and that's how I feel like it is. Um, I'm just hoping that he plays all of next year. The Colts go, you know, eight and eight, and we get a first round draft pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all have to secretly be uh, Colts fans in, in a small sense obviously for that conditional pick. Um, so, so the compensation was a third this year and a second uh, conditional second for next year that if uh, Carson plays 75% of the snaps, uh, it will tran uh, transfer into a first rounder uh, or if he plays 70% uh, of the snaps and they make the playoffs, uh, then it transfers into a first as well. So um uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty confident that you know, uh, obviously injuries are are you know mostly random at times, but he's been relatively healthy uh, recently, and I'm uh, I'm pretty confident that he can get to that 70 75 percent mark, uh, and and give us that that first round pick, and and then if you look at it that way, saying okay, it's a first, and it's a third. Uh, while it's maybe not what we all wanted, I, I still think that's something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for everybody wanting a first, you know, this year just wasn't going to happen um, because that's already on the the front office of, you know, whoever team, whether it have been the Bears, the Colts, the whoever, they are already thinking and planning on using that first round pick, not for anything but this year's right. draft. So, and then, you know, I, I couldn't really imagine it being a better situation, you know, if Carson plays all year or plays 75% or more of the snaps, that we get that first round pick in the 2022 draft. I think that's really nice, especially because a lot of Philadelphia fans believe that this year the Eagles aren't going to be doing very well. Right. Um, yeah, 
to make a lot of cuts. You have to do a lot of damage control. And, you know, this probably isn't going to be our year. So in that case, having a first-round pick in 2022, or technically two, because we'll have our own, right. is going to be excellent. So let's, yeah. let's root for the health. I'll root for the health of Carson Wentz. Sure. He plays 75% or more, but out of spite, I hope they go like 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, yeah, I, I obviously wish him well. And I, I hope he has success in this league, but <clears throat> maybe not like MVP success. So we don't, you know, look like we got egg on our face. But um, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm 100% rooting for his health. Uh, you know, that only helps us. And and when you think about the plan that uh, essentially the Eagles have to have at this point, regardless of how they feel about Jalen Hurts or whomever, 2022 is going to be the year. You know the the dead money hit of, of almost thirty you know almost thirty four million dollars uh, will be gone. We will have absolute one hundred percent so much of a better situation cap situation in twenty twenty two. A lot of money is going to be coming out the books, and especially if Howie does certain things, the, you know, in the next month or so to kind of get that number down even further. That'll certainly help to affect. 2022's cap and you go in there and you have two first rounders you have money to burn you know you're still uh, you still have a, a a decent young core of of again if Hertz is the guy you have Sanders Goddard Rager Fulgham uh, you know uh, Dillard and Mylotta uh, Sweat you know, a lot of a lot of good young singleton, good young players on this team that I think by the time 2022 season comes up, uh, giving them another year in this league, I, I think the Eagles could theoretically be primed for a return to, you know, uh, playoff uh, hopes. Because, yeah. you know, if, if you can go out and go ahead and, and hit on your – first couple draft picks this year. I know it's a big if, but if you hit on those and then you go and you have whatever season you have and you hope that Jalen Hurts is your guy, but if not, you basically go into 2022 with money so you could sign or you know a trade for a quarterback. You can draft a quarterback. Hell, they might draft a quarterback this year, again, depending on all how they see Jalen Hurts. So you could have yourself a, a nice, new, shiny starting quarterback, whether that be Jalen Hurts or, or anybody else in 2022. You would have a, a Rager who has another year in, a Fulgham another year in, Goddard another year in. And, you know, hopefully some of the aging veterans, you know, we can start to have a little money to, to start to replace them. So I think... Uh, you know, as much as I think everybody is kind of, you know, oh, this is the worst trade ever. You know, this sucks. Yeah, I would have loved to have gotten a first rounder and more and a player or whoever. But being that I can't change that, I'm excited for 2022 because I think we'll have opportunity, we'll have money, and we'll still have a good core of youth on this team. Yeah, completely agree. Um I, you know, I want the Eagles to play well, do well every year, obviously. But 
but it's just like you were saying this year with the the changes that we have to make the guys that are most likely not sticking around for this year um notably like you said deshaun jackson gone alshon jeffrey most likely and most definitely gone uh zach Gertz might be gone and then you have defensive line players you know so offensive line all these different players and people that are going to be off your team and you're going to have to put in some guys who don't have that experience but on the flip side you are getting experience to young guys like rager and fulgham and um even miles sanders right. hopefully he can progress in his game because we know what he can be just having a, a solid running back like that is huge right. for our future so you know just getting some time under these guys belts experience um and you know jalen hurts has skill we can we can definitely say he has skill sure. Sure. whether he has the talent to be a top tier quarterback we're not sure yet we had, we only saw four games so wow. we we have a lot to look forward to and a lot to uh a lot to work on on if you're howie you got a lot a lot of work to do but um i'm pretty happy with what has happened um just notable third round picks these are just a few names deuce daly brian westbrook jeremiah trotter guys that we've gotten in the third round in the past so you know hopefully we can find some magic in that third round pick as well yeah you know the the recent third round history isn't the greatest uh obviously most That's why I went back a little bit. yeah yeah no thank you. I, I figured i figured you were like well, nope nope yep nope nope <laughs> nope oh hey there's one um so um yeah and uh, you know I, i'm 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 excited for you know next year may very well be the most frustrating year for all of us knowing that you know we no longer have carson wentz uh and it's you know dependent on this draft uh, whether or not we'll have an impact player to kind of add because we're we're not going to have that you know uh, even if howie pulls a you know a, a you know complete uh Matt, you know uh a, a, a rabbit out of a hat a rabbit out of a hat yeah there you go that works uh, we're still not going to have a lot of money to be signing up free agents so you know no. it's not a lot of sexy stuff coming coming our way other than that sixth pick who you know who knows what it'll happen uh eric uh, what's going on buddy uh, 2022 and 23 will be a two-year window where we no longer have to pay Carson and Hertz still on his rookie deal. Opportunity to spend more than usual on free agency. Yeah, no, yeah. I, absolutely. Because if Hertz is your guy, that's huge. That is huge. If he, you know, again, he had four games. He, you know, he showed some flashes. He showed that he was a rookie. But again, he clearly is athletic. He is clearly talented. He clearly can play in this league. It's just at to what level. And if he can be, you know, a, a top 15 type quarterback, you know, the the Lamar Jackson, the, the you know, the the running quarterback. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, exactly. Like you know, there's a, a bunch at this point. So if he can kind of be in that mold and, and improve the, the accuracy – improve the decision-making, and if the young kids with him, most notably Rager, if they can ascend with him 
uh, in grow in growing in this league. I gotta tell you, I'm I kind of would be very excited for for 2022-23, as Eric said, because we'll know that Hertz is our dude, and we'll have a lot of money to burn, and we can fill in these gaps. And if Howie can even hit on just a few, just a few, especially number six. It will go such a long way for shortening up this rebuild that we're all, you know, not happy about. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I believe that, and to what you were saying, I believe that if they draft a quarterback, you are just creating more controversy unless the right quarterback is there. So for some reason, Trevor Lawrence falls. I think he's the only option. That we should go for personally. Well, I, I think I think Zach Wilson is an interesting prospect. Um, interesting, yes. I see a lot of similarities to some of the you know good quarterbacks in this league, in what I've already seen from Wilson. So uh, I got to tell you, if Wilson falls, which again I don't think will happen, but if Wilson falls, or say he's there at five, you know at, at five. I could see the Eagles popping up one to grab him because you basically, you know, there, it's rare when you get an opportunity to be in the top 10, especially for the Eagles, yeah. you know, outside of trading up for Carson Wentz, you know, to get inside, you know, the, the, the top 10 and, and obviously to the number two spot. Can you remember the last time the Eagles had such a, a high draft pick or a top 10 draft pick? Donovan McNabb. <laughs> I mean, it, it might it might be. Um, let's see. I'm actually going to look this up while we talk. So, yeah, I mean, and by the way, like Zach Wilson is flying up people's lists now. Um, they've gotten a lot more attention, gotten a lot more looks at him. Uh, he's definitely. So, would you compare him to say like a Justin Herbert? I would say, yeah, I mean, Herbert Herbert can move around um, the pocket, which is nice. Um, I Honestly, I, I feel like, yeah, that, I mean, that's not a bad comparison. I feel like I, I see a tiny bit of like a little bit of like a Josh Allen uh, or, or, or Mahomes and as far as maneuverability within the pocket. Um, and again, I'm not saying he's either of those two, so please – Save it. Yeah, um, you have to imagine it is college, and it you know he was playing at BYU. So. Right, exactly. So there's a grain of salt with all of that, but you know we've seen plenty of of, of smaller schooled quarterbacks come in and and annihilate the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, you know, one thing I I did think is say we're at six, man, and. All the you know three quarterbacks go ahead of us. How disrespectful would it be if the Eagles were then to draft Trey Lance, the the other North Dakota the other, the yeah. quarterback <laughs> from, from North Dakota? Like, how are you going to draft two straight North Dakota quarterbacks? Like I, that to me is just a slap in the face. Um, I just honestly, I just thought that was super funny. Uh, it's Lane Johnson, by the way. 2013 with the number four pick. Uh, before that, 
Uh, it was Corey Simon uh, in 2000 uh, or in 2000, and then obviously McNabb uh, at uh, number two in 1999. Um, so yeah, outside of the Carson Wentz trade up, uh, it basically was Lane and then Corey Simon. Man, oh. Corey Simon. I'm, I'm getting depressed looking at this list of first rounders drafted by the Eagles: Rager, Dillard, Barnett. Uh, 2018, technically, we didn't have one. Wentz, Aguilar, Marcus Smith, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, pretty good. Danny Watkins, ugh. Brandon Graham, Macklin, they were pretty good. We didn't have one in seven or eight. Then Broderick Bunkley and Mike Patterson, two back-to-back D-tackles. Sean Andrews, who had, uh, you know, some good years before he kind of, you know, had that, his issues. That's probably the one that that stings one of the most. Because he just had because all the what he to be yeah he had so much talent and um, then he just turned into a turd wow well, it was it was a lot mental uh going on but uh anyway uh yeah so you know it's been a while so my again the, bringing this all back to where i was talking is it's rare when you get a chance to get into the top 10 so if you have an opportunity and you can target a quarterback that you think can be a franchise quarterback and can be better than Hertz. As much as I don't want it to happen, I, I I honestly won't blame them if they decide to target a quarterback with that number six pick. I wouldn't be shocked, but I feel like you know we've we've now been through this. We've moved <laughs> up to draft a quarterback high. We've taken a quarterback with our second round pick. This is all within the past five, six years. So it's it's one of those moves that unless the right guy has fallen to you, it you shouldn't make any moves. You should I think you should go get one of these sure thing wide receivers Agreed. that you need and then work on your O line and your defense and you know, protect Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I, I think you know, a lot of people are very concerned about the offensive line, and rightfully so. And the thought of, you know, if Sewell happened to get past Cincinnati, would the Eagles take the opportunity? And I, I hundred percent think they would. Um, you know, you have Dillard and Mylana, both, ha- you know, one highly touted first rounder from, you know, two drafts ago. One out of nowhere, rugby player who never played, uh, you know, knew what football was and came in and, and played very decent. Um, yeah. So I think outside of that, they're going to have a, a battle to see who is going to be the left tackle. But if you have some high pedigree, the number one left tackle on the board, I, I got to I, I, I gotta think that knowing the Eagles' philosophy, the trenches, both offensively and defensively, are going to be of high importance. So if you have the number one guy in a position that you definitely could use, you're not 100% sure up on that left tackle spot, you go for it. And then you look to go and trade, honestly, and then you go look to trade Dillard. And yeah. and, and keep my lot as, as depth. Yeah. I, 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 it's I, not sexy. I agree. I don't want sexy. I want sexy. You want a linebacker. <laughs> That's sexy <laughs> to me. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, second round. Let's let's talk. You know, I, I mean, there's I mean, a lot of rumors that second round we are going for a linebacker. I mean, that is honestly my only hope because I know a first rounder ain't happening. So my only hope is that you know one of those uh, late first rounders kind of fall into the second, and we go ahead and scoop them up. Um, but yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, I mean that's my only hope, sadly. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, you know that that's just really been something I feel besides Dillard that they haven't focused on like they usually have. Like you yeah. said, it, the the work in the trenches is a Philadelphia philosophy. It, sure, it's not a brand new idea, but it yeah, is something decades they, old. <laughs> and you see, we've talked about this before. You see teams that focus on these important positions and they usually succeed. And I always think about the Patriots and they've always focused on their lines and it's worked out well for them because you got to protect your quarterback. Most, yeah. most important position in football is quarterback. The second most is what left tackle. So. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, um, you know, that's, you know, again, I don't see Sewell going past Cincinnati. No, because they have a young, great quarterback in Joe Burrow that they right. want to protect. Well. They'd be they'd be stupid to pass over him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, the only scenario I can think of is if somehow the Eagles trade up with Cincinnati or get ahead of Cincinnati in order to, you know, if they really target Sewell. Um, what I don't want to have happen is, you know, Sewell goes before them and then they go ahead and just take the next best tackle. No, yeah. That would be uh, disastrous for me. Because that. we have had a historically bad wide receiving core and that needs to start getting better. And the only way to do that is through trades and draft. But we have no one to trade. We have no money. Again, like, there's nothing we can do but draft a nice, studly-looking wide receiver, whether it be Chase, Smith, you know, whoever it may be. I I definitely want them to go after a wide receiver. So so uh, that's you're, that you're all in on, on Chase all or, in on or Devontae? Yeah, because I believe one of the two will be there, obviously. I mean, with the rest – you would hope. A lot of quarterbacks and Sewell going in, in the first five picks. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I imagine that Chase will probably be taken or okay. Smith, and we'll have one of the other two. Okay. All right. Uh, scenario for you. Okay. Sewell goes to Cincinnati. Miami drafts um, Jamar Chase. <clears throat> and let's say random team comes up and trades with Atlanta for Smith. And Smith – Chase and Sewell all got. Do you entertain Kyle Pitts? You can entertain. <laughs> That's a good way to play. Have, have him over, maybe get a, a little cheese and cracker plate. Offer him a white claw, see if he says yes or no. That's a big tell. It's a big tell. Huge tell. That's a big tell. And uh, I mean, I'm blanking on we're we're talking about wide receivers. So there's who's the other wide receiver from Alabama? Also, uh, Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. So 
you know, there's another guy there as well. So I, sure. I don't think that that's – and from what most people are saying, you know, between Chase Smith and Watt, it's like, you know. Yeah, I mean, you're, a you're, lot of reports are saying, yes, they, they may be one, two, and three, but but they are super close. And, and you yes. know, we all thought last year, you know, with, with – uh rugs judy and and lamb that was oh man those that's a that's a one two three probably you know this they're, they're going to be the greatest one two three wide receivers in history. jefferson was i mean we talked a bit about this on a round table and i'm sorry to cut you off yeah but it just pisses me off because we all wanted justin jefferson yep or you know cd lamb i believe i believe i believe you're an Eric picks were Jefferson, weren't they not? Yes. I think absolutely. I actually said I think I actually said Rager, didn't I? You may have and I said I didn't like it over Jefferson, but that's what I'm thinking. I'll have to check yeah. the tapes. <laughs> run it back, run it back. Run, run that back. Let's check the tapes. We need a uh, guy behind the glass over here helping I us out. Really do. Uh, Can we get one of But those yeah, we were talking about Jefferson. Um, and the reason why was because he played with an NFL-ready quarterback. That was huge. That was the big reason why I wanted him on a team. Yeah. Obviously, you saw that with all of this going on, that the guy performed very well and was very comfortable playing in the NFL. He had oh, yeah. an amazing season. That's the understatement yeah. of, uh, of the year. Yeah. So when you look at these these guys who are coming out, and Justin Fields is what top? He's what two, three in the the draft order. Yeah, and I'd say he's probably your 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 third, your three, or or maybe maybe your fourth. I guess I don't know. You know, it, it, I feel like it depends on on who you're talking to. But I've seen as high as number two. I've seen as low as number four. So you're you're looking at him and saying, all right, he's ready to go to the NFL. What about these two wide receivers? Well, one of them won the Heisman, and the other one's very talented as well. So those those are the guys that I focus on because they are playing for an amazing coach, playing with a very good quarterback, and they had great seasons. So that's what I want. That's why I like it, and that's same reason I wanted Jefferson last year and DK Metcalf the year before. <laughs> I'm sure the list could go on and on of of all of those. There's always one or two players that you know I, I feel like every year I get enamored with and I do a lot of research on and I convince myself that this guy is going to be the next stud in the NFL and not to toot my own horn but generally speaking I'm I'm usually pretty right as far as them becoming a, a great player in the league unfortunately uh, they're never anybody that the Eagles actually draft uh, <laughs> because you know, God forbid they they go with the you know a smart, solid decision. They just always have to outthink themselves. So, you know, I am cautiously optimistic uh, that you know, there is enough talent and there are enough high caliber players within the top six. Considering that you assume at least two quarterbacks are going, that the Eagles will be able to find somebody talented. Now, whether or not Howie does the right thing and, and gets one of those those group of guys, your, your three wide receivers, your 
your Parsons, your Sertain, your Sewell, your, you know, uh, there's probably a couple other, uh, other players that I could add to that. You just don't want them to, you know, I saw a mock draft today of them taking like a defensive end. And I haven't seen a defensive end in the top 10 uh, in quite some time in this year's mock drafts. Um, and that scares me. It scares me. And it should scare everyone else. Yeah, a lot of people want to focus on the defensive line. And obviously I get that. And I, I definitely can appreciate that. Sure. But I, I, I truly believe that our future has has more needs than the defensive line. I, I I don't know why I feel this way. Because you can draft and do well with defensive linemen, um, I feel like you almost wait a little bit and make some moves in free agency or trades with, with your D-line. You see that a lot. It yeah. happens quite often. Uh, again, I said this last week. Please, Eagles fans, understand we will not be getting J.J. Watt whatsoever. It's not happening. Please understand. <laughs> even, if, even if we had the money, we were not getting J.J. Watt. <laughs> like, we like would have to give up our first-round draft pick, and, I mean, we would just give it to somebody just because, even though he's yeah, a free agent. Take it. Take it. Just, just have it. We have to give this to you because we, we can't do anything else. No, yeah. Um, so, but, yeah. I mean, there, I, I there are – good moves in, in free agency and trades for defensive linemen. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and you know, with all of the proposed cuts, I think that we've all, you know, been assuming are coming, which, you know, uh, you know, obviously Deshaun Jackson just got cut. That saves over $8 million. So great, great move. Uh, so combine that with Carson Wentz, we just saved over nine million or about nine million. Um, so that's uh, you know again a start. I think we can all assume Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Jackson are next. That's what the rumors are. There are rumors uh, regarding Ertz that if they cannot find a, a trade partner uh, in a relatively uh, speedy time, that they may have to cut Ertz. Um, and, and again, but it's about this right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I I understand it, but Eagles fans, we're gonna we're gonna go through some shit here. There's gonna be some favorite players that are you know uh, obviously already. People are big fans of Carson Wentz. He's gone. People love Deshaun Jackson. I almost said Watson. Uh, but here's a stat for Deshaun Jackson fans out there. And, and Ryan, actually, you know what? I'll pose this as a question to you, Ryan. Can you guess how many games Deshaun Jackson has played in over the last two years uh, since he's returned to the Philadelphia Eagles? Total of 32 games played by the Eagles. How many has Deshaun Jackson played in? Four. Oh, wow. You went low. I, uh, Six. It's actually eight. I guess he only made an impact in my mind in four games. <laughs> I think he really only made an impact in one in mine. <laughs> the Washington opener that we went to? First one. <laughs> that was it. And then it was, all right, I'm out of here. See you guys. See you in two years. Yeah, yep. Thanks, Philly. You remember me, man. Cool. Yep. But I will say his last touchdown was against the Dallas Cowboys, which uh, always great. Always great. 
Uh, but, but yeah, eight games out of 32. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, Deshaun Jackson might as well have been holding Howie at gunpoint. Oh yeah. And it, it was a, it was a namesake. Like that's the yeah. only reason why you want to get Deshaun and Jackson. And that's that nostalgia that Howie Roseman has, has Loves. been getting killed for. Uh, NSN Loves. Philly, what's going on? Uh, they said 10. So closer, closer than you, at least. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it, it. You know, Deshaun's gone. I got a Deshaun jersey. I got lots of Wentz jerseys. I got lots of Wentz crap. I mean, yeah, I got Wentz right here on this on his cup. I got I got a little little Wentz little thing here. Funko Pop or whatever it's called. Yeah, a little pop poppy pop thing, but. You know, I get it. It sucks. We're, it's just going to happen all off season, folks. Ertz, yeah. Alshon, Malik. I mean, who knows who else is? You know, Jalen Mills may not return. I know a lot of people like him, but a lot of people hate him. It's you know, you're either one or the other. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're either a Green Goblin fan or you're like, why is this guy still on our team? Uh, Sean, is D-Jack a top five birds receiver of all time? I would think he has to be, yes. Probably statistically, yes. he is probably in that range, that like three and four or five uh, range for, for most categories, just given uh, you know how long he, he's spent here. Um, yeah, he has to be. I mean. Yeah, I mean, isn't it funny, like, if I'm not mistaken, LaShawn McCoy is still like our leading rusher. If, if, yeah, my, oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like you got guys from that era, from that time when we were just putting up mad points, doing like having our will on people. Um, Deshaun was a force. There was nobody faster than him. He caught almost everything. Uh, the only thing that we hated him for was dropping the ball before he went to the end zone against uh, Dallas that one yeah. game. Yeah, that was a pretty everything bad one. Else, everything else, you loved him, and you you wanted him to do well in life, on the team. You wanted to never hear anything about, like, gang affiliations or throwing up gang signs and stuff like that, like Chip Kelly was saying. And it's, it's just all this stuff that was behind it. That kind of tarnished his name, but yeah. stats, top five. I mean, I don't know. I I don't have a list in front of me. But I would I would, it, have, I would have it as Carmichael one, Mike Quick two. Yeah. Um, and and Sean did say not including tight ends, so that takes uh, Pete Fios and uh, Ertz. Ertz out. Um. Yeah, yeah man. Um, well, I would say that DJ has to be three. Four, you would have. I know we've had such bad wide receivers that we have to go back to Carmichael and Quick before we go to anywhere else. Yeah, I mean they they have to be one and two in my eyes, um, and especially if you're kidding, considering the the longevity or, or the entire career. So you can't have somebody like Tio, while maybe skill wise is probably better than all of them. Uh, didn't wasn't here long enough, so I, I would probably have to put Deshaun Jackson number three, just yeah. if we're going just wide receivers. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I think he's a top three wide receiver uh, for the for the birds. 
thank you, Sean. Uh, great question. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. So, uh, and now where would you put Wentz? <laughs> Sorry, Ooh. too soon. Too soon. Not in wide receivers because he wasn't a very good wide receiver. Too soon. Yeah, that's a good point, Sean. Between, like, you have Carmichael Quick and D-Jack. We've only had Alshon for a short period of time. We had T.O. for a short period of time. Chris, Chris Carter, Carter for a short period of time. We had him for a short period of time, and before his breakout, you know, he yeah. really shined when he was with Minnesota, obviously. You know, Macklin. I mean, then you're into, like, James Thrash and Irving Fryer and, like. Oh, come on. What about Todd Pinkston, man? Stinkston, yeah, dude. I mean, like, you'd have to put Macklin in there, maybe Barnett, Williams, Calvin Williams, one yeah. of those two might have to make the list. But you're right, Sean. It's it's a pretty bad wide receiver list when you think about it. Maybe we fix that. Very good point that not many people probably think about on the on the constant is how depleted and and really untalented untalented i guess the wide receiving core for the eagles have been for a long long time and just the fact that we won the super bowl in 2017 is incredible yeah i mean on, honestly you know outside of alshon you, you what you had tory smith who was here for a year a year two years uh there was who, a one who yeah he was here for one year he was inconsistent uh, who else did you have on that wide receiver uh, core? I'm really blanking. Because I'm really blanking too. Players, running backs down the field, tight ends. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously we can, I, you, we can name you the the, the tight ends, but no, oh, Aguilar, God, I forgot about Aguilar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. Gosh. Yeah. Alshon was a big name. He didn't produce. That was a that was a big move too, if you think about it. For the Eagles acquiring someone like Alshon, the way he played in Chicago, yeah, acquiring someone like that was a move that the Eagles usually don't make. You know, you don't see something like that, and going out and getting a a, a big name who had, you know, him and Brandon Marshall, and they were playing. For Chicago, yeah, it was a great duo. Killer duo. Um, Marcus like, Johnson oh, this guy will be great. Marcus Johnson was technically on that roster. Um. Yeah, I'm not uh, trying to look through the roster. Sheldon Gibson technically on the roster. Ugh, barf. Matt Collins can't, can't forget about Matt Collins. Although technically, I don't. I think he was injured that whole year, right? He had one of the best catches I've ever seen in my life in in college. Matt Collins. That's why they drafted him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, one one catch. And you have a I have Dark Sage nine one one seven has a baseball related question for us. Uh, sure, go right ahead, Dark Sage nine one one seven. Please, uh, we'll we will you know we're not just Eagles. Eagles right now obviously are, are taking you know it's a hot topic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot going on when you know baseball again. It's just starting. Pitchers and catchers is not that sexy, not yet. Um. But um, Sean brings up a great point. Uh, when's the last time we had a thousand-yard receiver? Uh, now, if we're talking about wide receiver officially, 
because if, again, we're excluding the tight ends, or uh, you know, it's it's got to be a while. Um, Was it Deshaun back in? I want to say Macklin. Like... I don't know if Macklin had a thousand yard. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, I'm sure Sean's gonna gonna tell us because I'm sure he has that. Just was Alshon close? Was that was Alshon close? He might have like eight, nine hundred. Uh, I think he might have had like right around nine. So I'm not, I'm not gonna say. Jordan Matthews was super close back in like fourteen, fifteen. I forget what year it was. I think he was like only a couple yards short. Um, yeah, I know Deshaun uh, back in like 20, uh, probably uh, 2009, 2010, probably had back to back, I think. I know Ertz, obviously, in, in, in 2018. Uh, yeah, Macklin had one in, in, in 14, I'm showing. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I would say 14. Was I right? Oh man, I called that. I called it too. I said 2014. Jeez, I am amazing. Yeah, Macklin in 2014. I was right. Aha. Uh, all right, Dark Sage and his wonderful baseball question. Uh, with the season starting so soon, we have seen the rules and the guidelines MLB has set this year to keep everyone safe as can be. But I am worried about the teams like New York, Los Angeles, Boston, Chicago, and others trying to dictate to baseball what the rules and the guidelines of the season should be. Uh, do you foresee this year any chance of a power struggle between the MLB and the larger market teams over the rules and the guidelines that were set this year? Uh, to follow up, <clears throat> I ask this because we have seen in sports before teams with power being able to influence or sway the things uh, to the way they want and what is best for them. Uh, I could see that taking this place this year with the guidelines and rules that were set up. Um, yeah, actually, that's a that's a really good point. Um, yeah, great question. You know, with everything going on with with you know COVID and and life as we know it, uh, yeah, the, the MLB has certainly put in some of these uh, these guidelines to you know try and keep everybody as safe as possible. But you know, I feel like with baseball, you know, the Yankees, you know, the Red Sox the Dodgers, you know, those, as you mentioned, those larger market teams, I feel like they've have a history and, and have the ability to kind of nudge MLB, you know, if things aren't necessarily uh, going uh, in a way that they want and are, you know, have, have some persuasion. Um, I don't know how much that will come into effect with given the, the kind of, safety guidelines and safety rules that have been put in place. I think regardless, even if they bitch and moan, I feel like I, I don't feel like they would budge on that because it's for the greater good. It's for the baseball. It's for making sure that everyone is safe so that they can play all the games. So I would, I would say no, Ryan, what's your thought? I don't know. I would say that I can see, the influence of these larger market teams being able to kind of dictate how the MLB moves going forward. 
I believe the MLB will stick to their guns, if you will, for a, a, a portion of the season. Yeah. Um, but like he's saying, or he or she, I'm sorry, but um, like yeah. they are saying, uh, I just really don't see the the MLB bleeding money and not saying, hey, what do you guys think we should do? Or, you know, by the way, each one of those teams is tops in their divisions. You know, the Yankees are looking to be top. Boston's going to be right behind them. Los Angeles Dodgers, they're arguably the best team in baseball besides the Padres, maybe. And then Chicago, obviously, they have one of the best fan bases in the country. And guess what? Philadelphia Phillies are in the top 10 markets as well. So we all, as fans, we also know that, you know, there's there's play there too. Um, And just today, just recently, you had Dr. Anthony Fauci saying that he wouldn't be surprised with seeing fans in the stands. And when he says something, it's – grabs the attention and the ears of the nation, if you will. So I can see this starting off the way the MLB wants and then it being dictated by the way the teams, the players, and where the money is. It's all about the money as well. We all know that. So Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think think if things start going out poorly, I think you really could see the influence of these larger markets to try and, and and keep things going because it means more money for them to say, hey, listen, whatever these rules and regulations are, they're not working. Let's get back to the drawing board. Or let's try this. Let's do this kind of thing. So I could definitely see it. I, I would just, again, be more hopeful that the rules and regulations and, and safety protocols that they have in place right now are enough so that they can uh, have a, a full season um, and and that it doesn't become an issue. And if that's the case, then I, you know, the Yankees or whoever can bitch and moan all they like, but if everybody's safe and they're playing their games, I don't think the MLB will budge one bit. So here's, here's something. And the NFL being the, the powerhouse that it is, even though we had a couple scenarios of COVID and some delayed games, some, you know, postponed games and right. uh, a certain number of players who might have may or may not have gone out partying and things like that. May um, or may not have been to a strip club with the entire yeah. team. Whatever. Exactly. It was wing night. So with all that, the league moved on. This year, the league yeah. still made their money. Everybody's, for the most part, still played their games. And life rolled on. There was limited fans in certain stadiums. There was no fans in others. Right. But it, it, it kept happening. It kept going. And I believe that if the MLB sees any hiccup in their schedule, in games being played, and in, in money being made, that they will bend and break. Bend first, obviously. But then have to break some of their... their stipulations and some of their rules because of what they need to do to make that money. Yeah. Money will absolutely rule. Great question. Yeah, no, thank you very much. And coming from Twitch too, by the way, uh, which is huge because uh, I'll be the first to admit our influence on Twitch is 
very minimal. So we we appreciate uh, you, Dark Sage. Thank you. Yes, um, Daryl, what's going on, buddy? I hope I didn't miss you. Daryl uh, chimed in saying it was uh, J-Mac uh, from earlier regarding the uh, last time we had a 1,000-yard season. Um, Good call. Good call. Jim, just to wrap up football talk, um, you know, Carson Wentz in Indy. Hope he does well, but not too well. Hope he plays and stays healthy so we get that first-round pick. And, you know, uh, honestly, moving forward, I hope that Jalen, I hope that Jalen Hurts is our guy. Like, I know a lot of people out there are, ah, man, Jalen Hurts sucks. I don't like him, blah, 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 blah. Like, it's going to be so much better for us if Jalen Hurts ends up being a franchise quarterback. It will save us time. It will save us money. Like, the fact that if he can go out this upcoming season and ball out and be a top 15, be a top 10 quarterback, that you know, I, I feel like is in him somewhere, just given his skill set. He just got to shore up some of the accuracy decision makings and whatnot. But it would be so much better for Eagles to, to have that and concentrate on other things because there are a lot of issues with this team. And we're not going to have a lot of money up until for another year or so. So give him the year, let him ball out, Hope that he turns into the franchise quarterback that we assume and want and hope that he can be. And then that's one last thing we got to worry about. And we can spend that money on O-line and weapons and all the things that he needs that maybe we didn't give everything to Carson and move on. We definitely didn't give to Carson. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I wanted to be a little nice. So uh, that's my, that's the end of the Eagles. Um, we've been talking about Eagles for forever. Uh, Thank so, you for ending it because I disagree with you. Well, oh, you disagree with me? In, in what in the way? fact that, yes, I hope he does well this year to alleviate some issues and problems and to kind of push forward. But let's say some random quarterback starts doing really well in college in 2021, and then 2022 draft comes along and – we have the opportunity to draft a really good quarterback. Oh, yeah, so, I know okay. it's frustrating, but it. Okay. I know. Okay. Okay. And I and I can't I can't back off the fact that I always diss Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson and guys who just basically run instead of focus on accuracy. I mean, Kyler Murray's pretty good. Lamar Jackson, obviously, very good. He's an MVP, but. He is an MVP because he can physically run the ball instead of throw it. Right. That's not sustainable. Sorry, it's not. And usually the, the quarterbacks that win Super Bowls aren't the ones who are running for their lives all game, every game. I, I mean, statistically so, speaking, yes, you're at this straight. Let me, let me roll it back a tiny bit. So what you're saying is, and I'm not saying you're rooting for it, but what I'm, what, what I, maybe what you're saying is maybe Jalen doesn't do so great, and the Eagles end up being in the top five again, and that 2022 draft comes around, and Mister Hot Pants Stud quarterback comes right into the Eagles' lap, and they go ahead and they draft their franchise quarterback. So it's a uh, not a rooting for, but maybe a wishful thinking 
to better improve the team in the future. And maybe, Correct. maybe because of what we talked about earlier with the money, the moves, the players, the things that we can do in the 2022-2023 type seasons, right. I believe that you know Carson playing the 75% or more, getting us that first round, us having our own first round, making moves, I believe that we can really grab the guy that can do it. I don't know because, like you said, he could be the guy. He could be our franchise quarterback. But I have downed quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts, so I'm not going to start promoting the the uh, evolution of such a quarterback. Sure. But I always root for the Eagles. But also, also <laughs> silver lining, and, and again, if, if Jalen Hurts does do bad, the, the high draft pick. But maybe – I know it's a small percentage, but maybe, just maybe, that might finally be the straw that breaks the camel's back and gets Howie Roseman out of the city of Philadelphia for good. That is the major issue with this team. And if you don't know, I don't know what else to tell you. All right. Now we can end the Eagles talk. Thank you very much for entertaining that. Of course. Uh, so pitchers and catchers this week uh, for the Phils already uh, newly re-signed JT Realmoto has a fracture on his freaking thumb. Uh, all indication that it's only going to be a couple weeks and he should be okay by opening day, but something certainly worth monitoring. Um, you know, as the rest of the team kind of fills in for spring training, you know, I'm excited to certainly see, uh, you know, how much progression Boehm has had. Um, where Reese Hoskins is, whether his mind is right, what the hell is going to happen in center field, uh, the whole Adubel Herrera situation. Um, <laughs> I saw that. That was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, me and, then, and then, you know, somebody like a Spencer Howard and an Eflin uh, that are kind of in the middle of the rotation for that three, four, uh, five spots. How that's all going to shake out, those are the things that I'm looking forward to. And I cannot wait. To, I'll, I, I, I love, like the first week of any preseason, I'm in so much in love because you finally get that sport back. But I can't wait until we get a, a few preseason, uh, or I'm sorry, early spring training uh, games. I can't wait like to see week. the players on the field. What was that? It's about a week. Uh, yeah. Eight, eight or exactly one week, I forget, but I, I, I think it might be a whole uh, like officially 27th, 26th, 27th, something uh, like that. Yeah, it's one of the two, it's either Friday or Saturday. Yeah. So. I'm excited but, um, about it. I, I agree, that's a great name to bring up. One thing that I love about Eflin is that he has, he has different pitches, and he was not given the opportunity under Gabe to, to make those certain pitches to to make the decisions or to communicate with his catcher to make the decisions right. it was almost like gabe went like this and like this and was like fastball and then did it this way and was like fastball <laughs> took his hat off and was like fastball <laughs> yeah the guy's got some dirty stuff let him pitch so that's one guy I'm really looking forward to yeah and you, and you saw you saw his development last year uh just from being under Girardi, 
And I yeah, think you know, all indication is that he's kind of, you know, he's been working on his uh, change up, um, you know, through the off season. And, and I'm kind of excited to see his arsenal. And if he can be that, that true number three uh, behind Wheeler and Nola to really solidify the middle of the, of the rotation. And then you have the young kid, Spencer Howard, and then whomever may end up being that fifth spot between Moore, Velasquez, or, you know, insert, you know, probably a hundred different names that could vie for that spot. But, you know, I hope that Spencer Howard can come in and secure that number four spot. And and I think then you might actually have yourself a, a halfway decent rotation finally. Yeah, absolutely. And one one thing is that I'm looking for kind of like what we talked about with Joel Embiid before this year started and how he's on his MVP tear. Aaron Nola is the guy that I want to see getting nods for the Cy Young. I want yeah. him – to be like, if the Phillies didn't have Aaron Nola, they'd be nowhere. And that that almost to that point, like Whoa. he's our MVP. But I want him to be, you know, in the top three, top five, and in the conversation for Cy Young, just because he's at that point in his career. And he's got a great catch. So now that you're solidified on that just one-on-one, -on -one, the relationship between the pitcher and catcher, my goodness, it's, it's a – the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, and I'm, I'm excited to see the development. And, and as I mentioned earlier, offensively, um, you know, I'm really excited to see Bohm. Um, I'm really hoping he just takes that giant leap and, into, like, superstardom because he has the tools. And I think he, he certainly can, you know, be not only uh, a great third baseman but potentially an all-star third baseman. And if Reese Hoskins can kind of figure out whatever funk he's been in recently and, and combine that with JT and Harper and, and DD. Yeah. I honestly, I think the Phillies are, are probably not getting a lot of love out in the national media, but I think they you could be sneaky good this year. If the development of, of these young kids and if Reese Hoskins kind of figure himself out. Yeah. That'd be huge. I mean, just the names that you just said, if you said that to somebody, they'd be like, oh, man, you guys got a great lineup. It's like, yeah, we know we do. But <laughs> Reese Hoskins is a hit or miss, literally hit or miss. And, <laughs> but um, uh, I, I, I don't know what else to say. But, um, that yeah, that'd be huge to have him be consistent. Um, and I want to just say this right now. I might say the term boom goes the dynamite about a thousand times this year. Thank you and good night, everyone. <laughs> boom goes the dynamite. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, honestly, I don't know how we I can follow that. You, you can't. But what about Ben Simmons being out again? When He doesn't have the vid, from what I understand. He's just you know, sick. I just heard it was you know, illness because God forbid it's either COVID or, or, or nothing. Um, but uh, I mean, he's is out he, again. Tonight. Is he, yeah, he's out again tonight, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Officially out against yeah. the bulls. That, that was another thing I was talking to a coworker and I was like, I couldn't name more than like, I think Zach Levine's still on the bulls. I think Yeah. like this has to be a game that we win. 
just like the other night, even though the other night was way too close. You need to blow out a team like that. Yeah. You can't win by five points. 118 and 113. I'm sorry. That's not that's not well, enough. Especially considering how, how big you were up. Yeah. You just you know, kind of put the foot off the gas, you know. It was and you're known for your defense. So yeah. even if your offense slumps after you have this huge lead, your defense should be able to sustain that lead. That's the huge part. Um, and then Flyers, again, in Flyers fashion, losing a shootout, which is <laughs> going to be the story of the, the age. What they do. The, the tale is old as time. Yeah, well, absolutely. So. And uh, I'm ta- again, we talked about this. I'm tired of saying at least they got the point. That's not it anymore. This no, is not and what not, and not with does. not with the way that the NHL is right now. You know, yeah. there there are a lot of great teams that are ahead of the Flyers in the standings, and you know the Flyers aren't that far out. But those those points here and there, those are huge. I mean, right now they're still behind Boston. Um, I, I, I want to say they're they, they're down three points to Boston. They obviously play them upcoming at Lake Tahoe. And that has to be a win right now because if you can gain two points on them, you're only a point out and and you're you're right there. But right behind them, or technically tied with them, the Capitals and the Islanders both both have 19 points. And the Penguins and have 17 points. So they're all right there. And then you go to the other division, the central division. The Panthers are playing out of their minds, uh, or, or I'm sorry, um, uh, the the North Division. I'm sorry, uh, the Maple Leafs are playing out of their minds. They have 28 points. Canadians, you know, Oilers. Uh, I mean, they're all ahead of the Flyers right now, and and it's not looking good. They need to they they need to get these points when they can get them, and they got to stop losing in overtime. The you know the that one to Boston is is still fresh in my mind where they had the win, and they absolutely just gave it the game away late in the third and then lost it in overtime, and that yeah. was a two point swing that you could have had over your interdivisional rival, newly that is, but no you then you know gave them a, a point on you so it was a three point swing and you know stuff like that can't happen. And I don't know what the problem is because AV has really got these guys playing well. It's just they're a little inconsistent, and it's frustrating as hell. Yeah. Um, and it, it's flashes of last year yeah. in which you saw the team having success until it gets down to crunch time and the defense kind of caves. And this is this is not – a problem that can be fixed overnight. There needs to be some possible moves being made to address this situation because the defense, it looked good on paper, but it's not showing that they can consistently keep people or teams down to one goal or two goals. You you have these, these spurts of goals and they're late. And that's the issue. So, yeah, and, and Carter, Carter Hart hasn't been the Carter we all hoped he was, again, going to take that next step. He's been very inconsistent as well. And I think 
so goes the team when he's inconsistent. Pedestrian is a great term for what the way yeah. he's been playing. Agreed. And the the need that we have, I guess to say, for him to be a top goalie and to be just cons- like you were saying, consistent right. is dire. Oof. And we can put pucks in the net, but there's the flip side of that coin, as always, as in every sport. You got to yeah. stop him from scoring. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh just wanted to thank everybody uh, for joining us tonight here on Friday night. I know uh, it's, uh, it's either sno- you're either snowed in or you're COVID in. Uh, so we appreciate you uh, you uh, hanging out with us. Eric, uh, obviously, NSN Philly. Uh, if you have not checked out NSN Philly and the Notoriety Sports Network, please do so on all social media and Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, breaking news, live updates, uh, instant information, live shows. We're constantly uh, putting out uh, content, articles, shows and if you're interested in doing any of this you ever thought hey i'd like to have one of my you know a show like that i could do that reach out to me or if you if you like to write reach out let us know we can get you involved and hook you up and let you know uh so thank you uh as i said uh to eric sean uh other sean the bald eagle himself um dark sage appreciate the twitch love uh, you are, I believe, our only Twitch friend. Uh, so we appreciate that. Uh, thank you, everybody else who uh, watching on Facebook, especially in uh, our Facebook groups. Uh, we do love and appreciate that support coming from the Facebook groups. Uh, so thank you. Uh, please make sure you give it a like and a follow and a share. All that stuff, super easy for you to do, really does help us out and get our content out to other Philly sports fans. So uh appreciate it we're out of here rye you got anything to add before we get on out oh he's thinking don't don't hurt yourself oh no i think i hurt myself well i have a a fact of the day uh did you know that in um that buck shawl who coached the eagles in the nfl championship in 1960 was also known by his nickname silver fox oh there you go. Excellent. Championship winning Eagles coach nicknamed Silver Fox. Uh, I was going to ask you the, uh, there's a question. I believe it's um, who in NFL history has 25 interceptions, 25 forced fumbles and 25. Uh, I want to say sex in his career. Yeah. Uh, that one, that one is obvious. And, Come uh, on, you, job, baby. You, you can't get me. The best eagle of all time. It really was, mostly because he was in our lifetime and, and we really got to see his whole career. Um, so anyway, yeah, we will see. Like, what was that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out the Philly broadcast. Uh, we will see you guys next Friday. Uh, at 6.30. Make sure that you check out all of the other shows on the NSN Philly Network. Monday is my other show, the Football Smack Talk Show at 6 o'clock. Tuesday is the official NSN Philly show, uh, 4 for 4 Talk. Wednesday, Bald Eagle at 6 o'clock. 
And uh, we got a couple of new shows in the works that uh, we're going to be bringing to you. So check it out. Let us know if you want to get involved. And uh, that's it for us. So for the Philly Brocast, I am Ryan. I'm Ryan. See you, bros. Later, bro. Have a good night, everybody. Come on. Go, Bears.